Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne, and back at IPCPR's 2018 show, I sat down with Jonathan Drew. Jonathan Drew is the founder of Drew Estates. Uh, Drew Estates makes some awesome cigars, so things like Acid, uh, Undercrown, Liga Pravada, T T52, pretty much all of some big hitters. Um, for those of you out there who started with Acids, I myself started smoking Acids, so I will join that club. In this interview, you're really going to get to understand who Jonathan Drew is. He has a very unique personality, and he's very creative and just inspiring from uh, just a collaborative sense. He can kind of work with anybody, speak with anybody, and just kind of hold his own. And in this interview, it goes in different directions, but I think if you listen to it, you're going to see that Jonathan Drew always kind of comes back to the center, what inspires him or what really is his core brand about. He has inspiration from all over, from rap music, even though he started out listening to rock music. He has inspiration from graffiti. Um, he lives in a Wynwood Park area in Florida that has tons of world-renowned graffiti artists, and he likes to curate and collect these pieces. Um, he's just very, very knowledgeable. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one, but sit back, relax, enjoy J JD if you can follow all the way through. I think you're going to like it. You're listening to Box Press, where we are passionate about cigars and how to care for them. Welcome to IPCPR. I am pleased to welcome Jonathan Drew from Drew Estate Brands. JD, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, man. Really appreciate you guys having us here today. Yeah, no problem, man. Hey, first and foremost, there's a lot of things going on at this trade show, but I think one of the biggest things that we can all see is some ways that trends happen on brands. And you, in particular, I feel like are one of those kind of leaders in how to trend a brand. What do you think customers value in 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 the brand and what it represents? Yeah, I think you know. Interestingly enough, I think that you know trending on things is is what people really don't go for. What they go for are brands from the heart. You know, uh, many years ago, probably before you were born, I wrote something called uh, "Boutique is in the Heart," and. Uh, it really was that as Drew Estate grew from a tiny little company with you know five employees to 50 to 500 to 1500 to 2500 and we grew into this massive company biggest factory in the world probably number two in market share in the US did we ever lose our heart of, of who we are and that boutique is front is in the heart represents that what you create if you're a heart driven emotionally based company that's really you know based on uh, not just passion, but your your deep interests and, and you know your your philosophies for innovation or culture or counterculture, whatever it is. If you stay true to those things, then when your time does come and your products begin to really trend, it's there. Your product have that organic uh, connectivity to it. It becomes very infectious and contagious. You know, from that standpoint, of in a positive way, right? right. So people who are doing shit to follow the trends, they suck, right? Yeah. They're doing stuff because uh, they they uh, they got corporate dudes pushing them to get into that segment. So you know you get bonuses and incentive plans, where when you got great brands like um, uh, Padron or Fuente or Oliva or you know uh, uh, Perdomo brands who stay true, and there's others from there. You know Tatuai, Tapin. These are brands that that you know uh, they stay true to their their core you know, competencies and what they do incredibly well, as well as tobacco growers. Sure. And what happens is, is that when things trend into their jurisdictions of what they do, 
um, the you know the the overall effect just becomes magnified because it's so organically driven. It's really right. holistic. So from a trend perspective, in and of itself, I think that um, you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that have caught on within the last two or three years, uh, where a lot of the boutique guys were really uh, picking up a lot of the the um, a lot of the uh, publicity over the last six or seven years, and you kind of see a little bit of a pushback now on some of the more um, well-known brands. You know, the more the larger brands, whether it be brands like Acid or brands like Macanudo or brands like whatever it is, I see a lot of a lot of pushback into that area and Rocky Patel and stuff. From the Drew Estate side, you know, we got ten years of Liga Privada, so for us, we're seeing a real. Uh, it's it's kind of weird, man, because. With us, with Liga Privada, it started off as such a small, little, ridiculous brand, and um, it just has blossomed over the last ten years to this, basically our opus, you know, and sure. uh, for lack of better words, and uh, that's really for us on a company-wide level. It's it's trending with incredible emotion and and positivity. Now with the new end of you know the new uh, Liga Privada ten year anniversary, as well as the H ninety nine, which is you know something that was just too good for us. When we released the ten, the the Liga Privada ten, yeah, it was very difficult to select that cigar from the Connecticut River Valley because there was one that was just as good as it that we had to pick one or the other. So we huh. said, you know, we said, fuck it, we we dropped both. So you got the Liga Privada uh, ten year anniversary, as well as the hybrid, which is the H ninety nine. Give them both. Yeah, they were too good not to. So uh, there's not a lot of them right now. It's going to take a couple of years before because we got to grow a deeper crop on it. It's okay. a very small crop first production. Sure. You know, so so that's kind of trending. I kind of wanted to go back to you said something about you know. Everyone's remaining true, like the ones you listed, Padron, Fuente, um, Padron. Everyone remains true to what they do, and then people kind of gravitate to that. You know, like, hey, I really like what they're producing, or I really like that brand. What do you think makes people gravitate to your brand? Like, what, what kind of people are drawn to Drew Estate or to any particular brand that you have? Yeah, that's a nice question. You know, uh, man, with Drew Estate... It's really a, it's, it's, you know, we're a subculture within the cigar culture. Right. And we've always been that, we've always been that way. So I think what, what, let's put it this way, right? I use, I'm a hip hop guy. I got into hip hop as I transitioned from like heavy metal and thrash music as a kid. And I, as I transitioned to hip hop was like when I was between 16 and 18 years old. Right. And, um, throughout all that time period, that's nice. Throughout all that time period, uh, there were a lot of, of uh, hip-hop musicians and stuff that I really, you know, started to follow and, and know their lyrics and follow where they are and go to concerts or meet with them. And one of them was 50 Cent, right? And then Ooh. with 50, when all of a sudden he started doing stuff like Candy Shop and it became really so commercially, people sure. started to like it that was outside of the... I felt uncomfortable with the people who started gravitating to the music. So yeah. I moved away from it. Yeah. Now that 50's gone back to his roots, I've gone back to listening to 50, right? So okay. the example that why I'm telling you that is that with Drew Estate, there's a constant ebb and flow because our company is so counterculture based. That's what subculture is all about. We don't have 50 graffiti artists who, you know, who've been there on weekends and they come once a week. We have 50 graffiti artists who've been there 15 years working full time. So what happens is as we continue as a company to become a global brand 
And as we moved from like a little cult brand to a trust brand to a global brand, a lot of guys will feel almost in a way like I did with 50 Cent. Well, they were coming too big. I want right. to try something else. Let me try Tatuaje. Let me try Dion right. uh, Illusione. Great brands and right. very personal good friends of mine. And other other new and cool up and coming brands, right? Whether yep. they are two, four, five, ten years in the market. And then what happens, I've noticed, is is that they still come back to Drew Estate. So even if they let go for a second because they're like, wow, these guys grew already. Everybody likes Drew Estate. Right. They go, well, but you know what? It's still always going to be part of my rotation because I like a coffee-infused cigar in the morning and there's no one going to make right. a coffee-infused like Drew Estate or... You know, the, the Liga Pravada brand is, it's hard to walk away at, from the Liga Pravada brand and not have it in your in your rotation or what we're doing now with Undercrown, with the right. sun grown and spending a lot of time and effort in our Ecuador and the Habano and Ecuador and more importantly, even in our Sumatra, what we're doing there. So, you know, uh, th there's that side of it. And, and um, it's really a, uh, it's a brand that's grown, you know, beyond the core guys who started it. It's a brand that's grown where our consumers are the brand. Our sure. consumers are the brand. It's it's an army that's behind the brand because these guys believe in it. Right. So when you have that, when you have that incredible loyalty, that's something that real corporate style brands, uh, they don't have it and will never have it. Right. And it's easy to, to lose it. When we sold the company, there was a lot of pushback because people felt like, wow, I just lost my brand. Right. Then we dropped the Shady 15. Then we dropped the Pappy Van Winkle. Then when they saw us in the streets, we were in the cut. We were doing our shit. And people were like, wait a second. You know, and then and then me coming back on as president after two years, sure. you know, reinforced to everybody like the heart of the company and all the people who I've surrounded myself with at the company that, you know, we kept it real is that, you know, as much as we've grown as a company, you know, you, you were not it's it's that Drew Estate always kept it real. So right. people always come back to home. You can live wherever in the world that you are. If you're a New Yorker, when you're in New York, you feel that connectivity to home and you look for things like even where I live in Miami and Wynwood. Right. It's yeah. a basically a re reproduction in a way of, of, of Williamsburg, me, Brooklyn, or Dumbo. Let me talk Dumbo. about that because uh, I'm not going to talk about it, actually. You're going to talk about it because That's I heard Wynwood was a place that, like, you basically, it's an industrial space that you turned over. Like, tell me about that. Yeah, Wynwood's a very cool spot, man. Um, uh, Wynwood is a... Uh, it used to be a very tough area of Miami in between Overtown and Little Haiti. And it's still in between Overtown and Little Haiti. But what happened is the same people who created Soho yep. 50 years ago, Tony Goldman. Then later on in 1992, he created South Beach. And then he created Wynwood. And what it really is, it's a place where artists were allowed to just blow the place up, lift the walls up. You know, I'm, I'm a heavy graffiti guy. Yeah. I'm probably one of the biggest graffiti collectors in the United States, for sure, of the most significant graffiti artists from Don D. White to Ram LZ, Futura 2000 to, you know, Is The Wiz. It doesn't matter. And across the board, anything 1978 to 1989, you know, the earliest days of graffiti other than, you know, experimental shit where gangs was coming off walls. That, that piece of, of what makes New York so important is it's legitimate, right? Right. So you could put graffiti up in East, in, East, uh, in East Nashville. You could put graffiti up in Tokyo. But Tokyo is legit because the earliest graffiti artists, when they got pulled out of New York, they got pulled to the dam in Holland. They got pulled to Tokyo. They got pulled to Italy. And all those shows, uh, uh, Arte de Frontiera in Italy or in Japan in Tokyo with the Fun Gallery, all that shit, it, or it all emanates from the origin. 
right. it almost origin based, right? Yeah. So it all connects deeply to New York, and those right. feelings move with you. And that's why when you see offsprings from Drew Estate, even people who've worked for us who've grown from Drew Estate, they have that connectivity and they bring a lot of that beauty and they add to it and create new parts and pieces that are exciting and wonderful. Just like for me, where do I, where do, where do we come from? We come from the elders before us, right. Jose Orlando Pedron or Ernesto Perez Carrillo, Nick Perdomo's dad, and and, uh, and then, of course, growers who are really relevant. So everything comes from the essence. You break it down to its very last compound. Hear right. how it sounds. A little unrational, KRS-One. You know, yeah. it all comes down to the essence. A lot of, a lot of what's happened in the premium cigar culture emanates from hip-hop because we, we, we caught it. You hear right. what happened? So everything emanates where you think, give me, traga me un cubano, traga me un puro. I assume puro is a cigar. They say, switch it to Cuban. Bring me a Cuban. What are you talking about? I'm going to go get Nick Perdomo's cousin? No, it means bring me a cigar, right? They're right. interchangeable. Un puro, it don't just mean it's a, from one place. It means a cigar. Same thing. We caught that. We saw where that trend, where that line was, that line of delineation. We started putting New York to it. We started putting graffiti to it. We started putting hip hop to it. As we dug deep there, we said, hey, wait a second. It's when you drew a state, you rebirth a cigar. It's got nothing to do with cigar. It's got about the culture. That's where for the sure. culture. We're the original for the culture. You can't right. remove that. It's 22 years. That's why yesterday Rick Ross come to the place. He's sitting in our booth the whole time because, yeah. because you know, this is the second round with him I've been through. Right. right. This, so what happens is that now, when you look at the way cigars have have you use the word trends, I guess some playing on my mind. But when you look at the way cigars have are able to communicate, Instagram is incredibly and before that Facebook, right? Because yep. people are getting up. They're showing off their style. It's about it's 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 about your style more right. than your fame. And style so, going all the way back into the Caribbean and from there earlier histories back to Africa. That right. whole style that is that that for some reason, sneakers, cigars, yep. hip hop, b boy, break dance. Right. There's a lot of things that have connected to that rhythm. It becomes a it becomes almost like a cadence through what we do. Right. So it's transcended way beyond your estate. You look at anything that's going on worldwide. The, who's the new designer of Louis Vuitton? Virgil. Virgil Abloh. What did Virgil do? He got made Louis Vuitton. He come out with a Don D. White collection, the original style master general. You know, it's like those little rings that all of a sudden something catches you. Whoa, I like this from Drew Estate, this acid brand. And all of a sudden you're pulled into the circle where you're brought into the cipher. We're catching yeah. you on so many angles because it's all real. It's real. It's, right. it's six o'clock. It's straight up and down. Right. It's no. What's up, my brother? It's no. It's no bends and curves of right. phony fucking bullshit. That's what. And that's what we like about you guys. Listen, man. I know you. What you guys have been doing for a long time already. I've been in Europe with your team ten years ago, and yeah. I always knew what would happen with the Boveda stuff because it serves a purpose. It's legitimate. It's not trendy, and uh, it's good connectivity to us on the Drew Estate side. I like what you guys are doing. I appreciate that. I. When you were talking about all of that, I, that was basically my question was like, with your brand, what are you doing in order to get, you know, that packaging and that look and everything in front of customers? And you just explained it. It's pretty much just making sure that you're hitting people on all different levels, but you also have a core to it, right? You have a, you have a, a style to it and you're getting that style from graffiti music, you know, I mean, all, all of the places. And they're getting that style from us too. Right. Like it's playing back and forth. It's playing back and forth because it's real. 
What do you do with the artists right now? Do you like showcase artists in s- certain ways or even music artists? Like, do you always want to collaborate with somebody? Are you getting inspired by those guys? Yeah, big time. We uh, we have the 50 graffiti artists. If you come to the booth, everybody who puts an order in with us at the show or this is or that's, they go home with one of those big signs that are all hand done. Most of the POS material that we do in POP, point of sale, point of purchase, all those kind of things that we do, all of those things are made by hand at our factory in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. All of the things that we do with pewter and the wood, everything is made by hand. So we're able to take, you know, it's basically we're able to take these artists who we work with and and give them a vehicle to be able to spread their message throughout the world. So a lot of these guys have blown up individually by being able to speak to the speak to the consumers through us. It's a very, you know, dual, you know, dual, uh, dual format where right. we're able to bring people up. When we started with the graffiti stuff, these were, you know, when I say kids, you know, 18, 19, 20 years old right. in the street putting stuff up in Managua and we would see them pull the car over it was dangerous to even get out of the car run over there and be like hey listen we're starting this studio up you, you want to come they thought we were crazy but now people come from all over the world to come when you know come to one of our festivals in Nicaragua and have it was a couple of years then to be honest where we did our last graffiti festival in Nicaragua was fresh and people came from Panama from Costa Rica people wow. came from the Caribbean to be able to, to be boy and be able to dance and be able to have hip hop and graffiti culture in Nicaragua so graffiti culture in Nicaragua has you know really really spread out so we're able to bring it here to the show right. we're able to bring it to all our events we're able to it's core competency of what we do and it's right. in every single thing that we do it's in our brands you know when you see something as classy as this yeah right you take a look at that right there for your viewers and what you're able to see right there is just absolute magnificent beauty but look what if you really take one look deeper into it what you really see behind the surface is you know bling can be looked at as a negative word or a positive word but there's there's a lot of bling in that as well but it's just it's grounded with the blue because the blue is different than the red the blue it brings you to you know brings you to that that place that's melancholy you know in that Liga Pravada it's not just it's not just like a fiercely passionate screaming brand there's something extremely mature about it it's something very dignified that royal blue has that royalty connecting to the gold the royal blue and the gold connects to the Caribbean the royal all that dates back and it all is connected to the essence which is all going to be in that spirit at your estate it's just triumphant right. and you can feel it and you can taste it you can smell it people here smell our, our shit you're smoking an acid you're smoking a tobacco special, a Java, and people go, yo, what is that? Girls, women, people who don't even smoke, they go, what is that? And it all connects and ties to that fierce little killer beast space that we occupy. I think it's, right. I believe in it 100% in every single thing that we do. Right. What uh, you said earlier, you made a transition in your formidable years in your teens from kind of more hard rock to hip hop. What inspired that? What grabbed you and pulled you into that jam? Def Jam? Yeah, Def, Def Jam. Jam Records. Yeah, Def Jam, Russell Simmons. Uh, Russell Simmons. Yeah, of course. So what happened was you had Anthrax and you had uh, all of these hardcore groups that were on Def Jam, but Def Jam really had two pieces to it. So you had Def Jam hip-hop side, you had Def Jam hardcore side, uh, um, uh, hardcore side to it. So I started to ask questions like, you know, these hip-hop, these rock groups that are like heavy metal, whatever, thrash groups that I like, why are they on the same label as these hip-hop groups and stuff? And, you know, where I grew up, it was, you know, a mixed group. So I started to really quickly realize that, like, Public Enemy, Public Enemy occupied the same emotional, you know, space as Anthrax. Public Enemy, LL Cool J, 
right. Beastie Boys, Run DMC, all of that early hip hop, which when you think about it, guys your age and stuff, you still know who Nas is and who, yep. you know, uh, Puff Daddy. And who, uh, you know, this kind of people, you think a lot of guys your age, a lot of people in that age bracket, 30 or low, whatever, they'll start to think like the essence of hip hop music will really be in that, like, you know, go back to the elders like Nas or Swiss Beats. But that's already the middle generation. Right. It goes much even deeper, way, way deeper than that. You know, when you start going EPMD and and KRS-One, going in New York City to Latin quarters where if you wanted to get up, you had to prove yourself. You came in with a chain. You got it snagged off if you came in with 10 people and people would go to New York City to represent to showcase and you had your life in your line sometimes in your hands right. and where you could show off your style and where people can understand you know what what you're about what you brought to the game public enemy and all those guys were on def jam because def jam was was everything so def jam put the culture in position the original person who even said the word def jam was an artist ram lz until august 4th you can go to the uh, red bull in new york city and you can go and see the ram lz largest retrospective in the history you know who the brand is supreme yeah well, what artists do they feature at Supreme? Do you ever see them work with an artist at Supreme? You know who the original artist that they were? Ram LZ was the first artist to work with Supreme. Ah. So when you go, all of these things pull back, right? You know right. what Bape is? Bathing Ape okay. from Japan. All of these things, they were only very tied. It's a global connection at this point worldwide. So Drew Estate is a global brand, not because we're selling cigars in, in fucking Zimbabwe. We're right. a global brand because we're global. We're a global brand because we understand history. Tobacco's history goes back thousands of years. It goes to kings and queens. Kings and queens who would trade rugs and who would trade um, spices and the, and the trades of all of the most important things from kings and queens and prophets. The tobacco was in that mix. Right. Our history goes back to smoking from twigs and coconuts, taking taking a coconut and filling it with deer tongue and lavender and 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 um uh and um uh a sap of sweet materials right. and being able to burn through that and smoke it from a coconut in India all of those things date back to the essence we're historically based so we right. understand what what the globe is and how it represents how we fit in that history that's why Drew Estate creates historic yeah. brands like Pappy Van Winkle or like Liga Privada or Acid or Java these are brands that change the world right I mean, I know I'm fucking insane, but it is just true. <laughs> Are there any celebrities that you haven't worked with that you'd want to work with right now? And celebrity is, it doesn't have to be, you know, anyone maybe we know. Maybe it's somebody that you, ins- you know, an artist that you know that inspires you. If I tell you, then my competitors will go and look for them. <laughs> okay. It's a trade secret? It's, a, it's, it's locked in the vault. But uh, the, the truth of it is, it's, I like your line of questioning because you're very thoughtful and, and you've th- realized that Drew Estate, it's not just about, if we want to get into tobacco, we sure. can get into tobacco. We could talk about broadleaf. We could talk about the origins of tobacco, where they come from. But what I like about your questions is that you realize that Drew Estate occupies a, a mind space. There's an ownership in mind space that we occupy right. because we're in the cut, we're real, we're legit. Right. We're earnest, hardworking people, and that's the thing. You come to the Drew Estate booth, and what you're going to see is a lot of ki- you know you're going to see a lot of people who dress differently, who think differently, right? And it's because we allow our team to keep that who you are and add to what we are, so that that Drew Estate piece doesn't become diluted by more of the same and more of the same and more of the same. We're a diverse group. We celebrate diversity at Drew Estate. We celebrate everything right. from, you know, 
not urban culture to southern hospitality to sure. bacon bourbon little umbrellas in the thing backyard fun that's the thing about your estate that touches people that's why we had suge as a brand for 400 years we don't have it right now but sure you know which was a mistake if you if you could sit down with anybody and kind of share a moment whether it be over cigar or over i know you make uh, some some liquor dead or alive but you've never sat down with this person who would it be well, separately from family, personal family, yeah. I th- the answer would be the artist Ram LZ. That's R-A-M-M-E-L-L-Z-E-E. Like I said, he's got a show at Red Bull, largest retrospective in the artist's life. He was behind the beginnings of hip-hop. You guys have heard of Basquiat. Well, Basquiat paid to do his first album and did his album cover. You know, he created, when you think about scratching music, yep. he was one of the people who created that. And his artwork and what he's done for the world from fashion to music to beat boy to dance to American culture that's spread out throughout the world. Ram LZ would be probably uh, my first choice and second choice from that would be Don D. White. All right. It's New York graffiti, early early pioneers. Sure. And uh, people who um, who changed the lives of, uh, of so many people, uh, so many people in the world, you know? Right. So, uh Back at your compound, the Wynwood, uh, do you have artists come in and, and decorate the walls, or are you actually buying like wall art, like the whole wall, and bringing it into your compound? <laughs> no, no, that's a good. One. So uh, the the uh, uh, the uh, Wynwood uh, Safe House is a really cool spot. You can have uh, mostly '80s work, okay. you know, early pioneer work uh, that that's older material. That's sure. been shipped from around the world, Italy and Japan, and a lot, a lot of it from Holland. And then you're gonna have some new artists too, mostly canvases and found objects, but typically they're canvases. So when you come to my Instagram, which is Jonathan Drew Art, I've been watching it, and you check it out, you'll be able to see. I don't put a lot of it up. I can't put all of it up, obviously. Sure. And lately, uh, I haven't been posting as much. But if you take a look through it, you know, retrospectively, you'll you'll be able to see a lot of the '80s early pioneer work, and then you got stuff like Hebrew Brantley or uh, artists like Cranios or artists uh, uh, who uh, you know newer artists who sure. and there's others just come to mind that uh, that are still bringing the culture forward, who understand you know sure. keeping things legit. You see, there's a difference between graffiti, aerosol art, street art, muralism. Each of these things are little specific, you know, comp- they're compartmentalized. People use different words for them, okay. but at the end of the day, you know, they all ladder up to uh, they all ladder up to the culture, which sure. we, you know, really highly uh, appreciate. So, um, yeah, yo, man. I've enjoyed this. I got to jump back because I got some customers waiting wow. over there. I made a plan with, but I'm very proud of you guys at Boveda. Drew Estate is fiercely uh, supportive of your products. We use them. Yeah. We use them in our products uh, that we ship to people to keep them fresh. We sh- we use them in our pr- in our humidors at home, and uh, it's a damn good product at the right price. So thank you guys for including us in your culture and everything that you're doing, and you'll continue to see Drew Estate growing with Boveda. And thank you so much for your questions, too, man. They were really thoughtful, and I really appreciate it. you got a nice Thanks, team. Thanks, All right, guys? I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so Thanks, much. Everyone.